to you by the Las Cruces Sun News. This is Straight Shooter. What is going on, everybody? This is Justin Martinez, aka Jay the Sports Dude. And if you're listening right now, let me just say thank you for tuning in to Straight Shooter, the podcast where I shoot from the hip and give you everything that you need to know about the New Mexico State men's basketball team. This is episode six of our season long journey. So if you're a returning listener, then welcome back. I missed you. And if you're new to the program, then welcome to the family. Where have you been all my life? We have a jam packed episode lined up. So let's get started. I'm coming to you from a place that I like to call the Salon. So, Barkeep, what do we have on tap for today? On tap today is a recap of this week's action, an interview with CJ Bobbitt, and a preview of the game against Denver. Alrighty, thank you, Barkeep. I have my lasso in hand, and it's time for the post-game roundup, the segment where I round up my thoughts on the most recent New Mexico State game. And in this case, the Aggies played two games this past week. They earned a 59-56 win over UTEP on Tuesday at home, and then they suffered a 63-54 road loss to Washington State on Saturday up in Spokane. And my first takeaway is from the UTEP game, and it is that CJ Bobbitt is an X-factor for this starting five. Now, Bobbitt got off to a slow start this season. He actually shot below 50% in each of the first five contests, but he has had a turnaround as of late. He has shot above 50% in each of the past five outings, and the UTEP game was easily his best performance to date. He recorded a team-high 14 points and went two for four from deep. Now, what makes Bobbitt so effective is his ability to stretch the floor at that power forward spot. It's just something that other bigs, such as Johnny McCants and William McNair, don't do as well, and it's really just been a matter of him getting those triples to fall and forcing the defense to respect it. That has been happening as of late, and it has made a difference for the Aggies. Now, my second takeaway is from the Washington State game, and it said New Mexico State didn't come ready to battle. I've been saying all season that what has been helping the Aggies stay in these games is that they've out-hustled their opponents on the offensive glass. That's what gives them more opportunities, and it is made up for them not shooting very well to start this season, but that didn't happen in the first half of this game against the Cougars. The Aggies only recorded two offensive rebounds in the first 20 minutes compared to Washington State's five offensive rebounds. And I know what you're thinking, Justin, that's not that big of a difference. And you're right, it's not. But look at the second half. New Mexico State recorded 13 offensive rebounds compared to Washington State's two offensive rebounds. Now that is a big difference. And I think Jans put it best when I talked to him after the game. He said, quote, I just don't understand how we can have two offensive rebounds in the first half and 13 in the second against the same players in the same gym. It's like they expected to just go out there and win the game and not play with the urgency that's required, end quote. Now, I think Jans hit the nail on the head, guys. Yes, the Aggies committed 11 turnovers in the first half, and that in itself is going to lose you a lot of games. But a good amount of those can be attributed to the pressure that Washington State put on them. But what you can't excuse is that big of a difference in offensive rebounds when, like Jan said, you're going up against the same team in the same gym. That is a direct result of effort or lack thereof. And the Aggies simply didn't match the Cougars' intensity in the first half. And that's what put them in a hole that eventually was too big to dig out of. Now, my final takeaway is also from the Washington State game. And it's that an experienced team like this. They need a longer leash when they get into foul trouble. Now, KenPalm.com has a really interesting stat called two-foul participation, which is the amount of time a player who picks up two fouls in the first half plays from that point on up until halftime. So if a guy gets his second foul with 10 minutes left in the first half, and then he only plays one minute the rest of the way, well, then one out of 10 is 10%. Hopefully I explained that well. Now, so far this season, New Mexico State has a two-foul participation of just 6.4%. 
which ranks 292nd in the country. Essentially, that means if you pick up two fouls, you're pretty much sitting out the rest of the first half. And I get the reasoning for it. You don't want to pick up a third foul because it puts you in a tough spot. But at the same time, you have to remember that this is a very experienced team that we're talking about, guys. They're actually the seventh oldest team in the country with an average experience of 2.5 years. Now, the reason I'm bringing up the two-foul participation stat is because Ivan Adekoachea picked up a pair of fouls in the first 72 seconds against the Cougars, and he set out the rest of the entire first half. Now, Ivan finished with just 13 minutes in the Washington State game, and that's just not enough for a key contributor. He made a huge impact in the second half where he scored all eight of his points and recorded two offensive rebounds. And get this, he finished with two fouls, so he played smart in the second half. So why not at least let him play in the last four to five minutes of the first half? I talked to Jance after the game, and he said he felt comfortable with sitting Yvonne because of the depth that they have at the five spot, which is true. But at the same time, when you're down big on the road, the game is slipping out of your hands. And the guy with two fouls is an experienced senior like Yvonne. I think you have to give him a longer leash and let him get back out there, even if it is just for the final few minutes before halftime, because that really sets the tone for the second half. So that is going to do it for segment one. Let's jump into segment two, which is an interview with CJ Bobbitt. Now, quick disclaimer, this interview was done over the phone while the team was on its way to Spokane. So in that case, it is a little dated. Apologies for that. But I knew it was going to be difficult to get a hold of a player after Saturday's game and turn it around so quickly. So this was pretty much the best that I can do. Either way, I mostly talked to CJ about his personal progress this season, not really the specifics of the Washington State matchup. So in that case, it isn't too dated. Not much has changed. But anyways, let me stop talking and just roll the clip barkeep change the channel real quick you got it boss cool well uh yeah let's jump right into it you had a really strong showing against utep a season high 14 points two for four shooting from deep can you just describe what it's like when you get into a rhythm like that does the game just become a lot easier yeah once you see the ball go through the net a couple of times then the game gets a lot easier you'll start looking at more parts of the game than just because a lot of people especially in college like we want to see the ball get through the go through the net it gives us like it gives us like so much confidence it's just like unheard of so like once you see that start going through the ball then i mean the ball going through the hole and that just opens up so much so many more vital parts of the game yeah definitely um you had some struggles hitting your shots at the beginning of the season you mentioned after the uh after the utep game and then lately you've been shooting above 50 percent in each of the last four games you're really knocking them down so what changed from those first few games to right now uh just honestly it's just we just keep on continuing to work with me and my coaches like the coaching staff we all just like we're just like we see the ball go through the net in practice and it's just like just keep on staying engaged just keep on playing hard and the ball's gonna go through the net like offense comes and goes always but you can just you can you can affect the game in so many other ways than just scoring so they always tell me that because eventually it is going to go through the net and one of these and it was just yesterday that one of them finally it finally started to go through the net. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'd imagine that with maybe like a freshman, it'd be a little bit easier for a couple of missed shots to sort of get into their heads. But as a senior with more experience, is that is that not the case with you? Are you able to kind of brush off the last shot pretty easily? Yeah, it's more of just like moving on because you can't get that shot back, so you can't just dwell on it. Right. When, like being a shooter, you have to be you have to have a really short you have to have short term memory a lot of the time because you're gonna see a lot of even like bad misses because I remember I think my first my first shot I shot the UTEP game is like backboard first then rim so mm -hmm. it, it's just like you just have to calm down and just got to keep on shooting because you you just have to have if your confidence like just sways a little bit then it's just gonna it's just gonna make it even harder to make shots right 
Now, um, I actually said in an article last week that out of all the big men on the team, I think that you make the best pairing with Yvonne in the front court because you space the floor really well with that three-point shot. Is it fair to say that's a role that you've embraced, sort of a big man that can stretch the defense and, and hit him from deep? Yeah, I'm just just out there just trying to help just trying to help out, just make make wide open shots and then just if I have a driving lane, just can uh just attack closeouts and just just try to help the others just help my other uh teammates get open too, get them some open shots get it uh yeah, pretty much. Definitely. Um I know it hasn't been easy with AJ and Clay now just because it does throw off the rotation. Um, but I was talking to Johnny after the Cayman Islands Classic, and he said that he felt like you guys were starting to really play like a team again uh, during that stretch. Do you feel you guys are a little bit more comfortable with the rotations now? Yeah, we're starting to – people are starting to uh, – it's starting to be more of the, like last year's team. We're starting to move the ball more. People are screening, setting solid hearts, and people are cutting for each other. And people are not just uh, – we're actually looking to pass more. So it's like – look. It's opening up the floor a lot more since we have so we have so many threats. Mm-hmm. Even with Clayton and AJ gone, we have so many threats on the court, court uh, on the court at all times. So just getting the ball movement, just getting the ball moving, and getting body movement is just doing great for our team. For sure. Um, now I like to end all of these interviews just by bouncing a couple of nickname ideas off of the players that I'm talking to. So if you have some time, I'd like to just throw a couple and see how you feel about them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, now for a power forward, you cause a lot of mismatches just because you're you're really mobile. Go to work inside or outside. So how about CJ Bobbin Weave Bobbit? <laughs> uh, that's a nice one. That's a nice one. Let's see. Okay. You got more? Yeah, yeah, I got I got two more for you, man. Let me see. <laughs> All right. So now I heard an interesting story uh, about you kissing a stingray at the Cayman Islands Classics for good luck, right? Uh, you even kissed yeah. it twice, right? Yeah. Okay. So how about CJ Stingray Bobbit? What are you feeling about that one? I like that. I like the sound of that one too. That one's actually that was better than the first one for sure. Okay. I like that one. All right. I got one more for you. Uh, now, for the last one, I asked you after the UTEP game what was going through your mind uh, when you went to the free throw line at the end of the game, and you said it was free money. So, how about free Jay Bobbit? How are you feeling about that one? <laughs> I liked it. I like. Yeah, you definitely said the best for last. I like that one. Okay, I appreciate that, that man. Free Jay Bobbit. <laughs> well, that's all that I have for you, man. I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Have a safe trip out there, man. All righty, so that was CJ Bobbitt talking about how he overcame what was a bit of a rough stretch for him to start the season. Like I said, he really has been turning it around lately, and a player with his skill set just changes the whole dynamic of the game with his spacing. So we'll see if he can keep that going for the Aggies. Shout out to him for taking the time to talk to me as they were heading out to Spokane. And it sounded like I went three for three on the nicknames, guys. Much like CJ, I am improving as the season rolls on. He said Free J Bobbitt was his favorite, but let me know how you guys are feeling about them. Anyways, it is time for segment number three, and that is the preview of Tuesday's road game against Denver. Now, before you say anything, I know that New Mexico State plays New Mexico this Saturday on the road, but with my 15-minute time frame for this podcast, I'm, I'm not able to give you guys a preview that's as in-depth as I'd like to for both of the games. And I'd be doing Denver a disservice, honestly, if I overlooked that game in order to make time for New Mexico on this podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put out a preview article on Friday that will fully break down the matchup. It'll tell you everything you need to know about the Lobos. It'll have film on their top players. You know the deal by now if you have read some of my other articles. It's just the best way to fully dig into both of these games. Now, with that said, let's get started with this third segment. New Mexico State is playing Denver, who is 4-5 and five this season. 
season on Tuesday at 7 p.m. And I'm here to break down the matchup. So the first player you need to know about on this Pioneer squad is Aid Murky, a six foot five senior guard, averaging a team high 12 points per game on 47% shooting. Just really efficient because he likes to get to the rim a lot, guys. He's only attempted 10 triples so far this season, but he's an aggressive player that looks for contact and is not afraid to throw his weight around. He's actually been averaging 16 points and nearly eight free throw attempts per game in the last three contests. Now, the second player to watch out for is Jace Townsend, a six foot three sophomore guard averaging 11.8 points per game. That's the second most on the team. And this guy's the opposite of Murky in the sense that he loves that three ball. Even though he's only shooting 28.9% from deep this season, he's averaging a team high five attempts per game from behind the arc. So look for him to be aggressive and we'll see if Terrell Brown and the rest of the backcourt can chase him off of the line. Finally, the X factor, the wild card, if you will, on this Denver team is Robert Jones. Now, the six foot ten freshman center came off the bench for the first six games of the season, but he has started the last three contests, and it's not hard to see why. Jones is already third on the team in points per game with 8.3 to go along with 4.1 boards each contest. This kid is looking to back you down. He's looking for the lob and he has some good hands for his size too, which is a little underrated for him. He actually leads the team in total steals so far this season with 11 and that leads us into our duel of the day. That is right, the duel of the day is the matchup between Robert Jones and Ivan Aracoachea. And the key is going to be which one can stay aggressive without getting into foul trouble. Jones has picked up three fouls in each of his three starts, which has limited his time on the court. And Ivan, as I mentioned, only played 13 minutes against Washington State after picking up two early fouls. We'll see who has more discipline and who was able to make an impact. My bet is that it will be the senior rather than the freshman, but we will see. Now, another reason why this is a big matchup is because my key to success for the Aggies is to give it to the bigs down low, and that includes Yvonne. Now, according to Ken Palm, the Pioneers are actually 353rd in the country in opponents' two-point percentage. That means the teams have shot 62.3% against them from inside the arc so far this season, and that plays perfectly into the wheelhouse of an Aggie team that is struggling to hit shots from deep. Now, if New Mexico State's bigs can stay out of foul trouble and go to work down low, then I like the team's chances. It is time for my prediction. Can I get a drum roll, please? So with this one, I am going with the Aggies by a score of 64 to 56, and it's for a couple of reasons, guys. The first is that we have a direct comparison with these two teams. Denver actually lost to Colorado State 74 to 63 in its season opener, while New Mexico State defeated the Rams at the Cayman Islands Classic by a score of 78 to 70 in overtime. Maybe don't put too much weight on that loss that they had to Colorado State just because it was the first game of the season, but I do have other reasons for my pick. Another one is that arguably New Mexico State's biggest strength this season has been offensive rebounding, and Denver is only 344th in the country in offensive rebound percentage which is the percentage of offensive rebounds per 100 possessions. Also, in terms of the Aggies' biggest weakness this season, it has been turnovers, but Denver is also turning the ball over 14.6 times per contest. So the Pioneers don't excel in New Mexico State's biggest strength, and they also cancel out the Aggies' biggest weakness. It is a good matchup, so give me New Mexico State in a game that I really think is going to say a lot about this group after Saturday's performance against Washington State. But that is going to do it for Episode 6 of Straight Shooter. It's crazy that we're already a month and a half into the season, but it really has been great working with the players, working with Jans, and working with you guys above all else. For those wondering about the question of the day, I only got about three or four this week, probably because I asked on a Saturday night. 
Again, those Saturday games do throw things off a bit, so I apologize for that with the quotes and with the question of the day. But I'm saving the ones I did get for my weekly mailbag on Monday just so that way I have enough content for it. So make sure to check that out on lcsunnews.com tomorrow, and thank you to those that did reach out. You guys really have been great about communicating with me, and it seems like you appreciate the objectivity I try to keep with this podcast. I really am not hating on the Aggies when I pick against them or say they didn't play to the best of their abilities, like I said, against the Cougars. I'm just calling it how I see it, and it's great to know that you guys respect that. Because at the end of the day, my job isn't to put them in a good light. It's just to cover them fairly and respectfully, so that's what I try to do. This has been Justin Martinez, a.k.a. Jay the Sports Dude, and I'll see you guys next Sunday. I'm out.